0: relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey! Well, thank you, Todd, and welcome to another edition of
1: Celebrity Interviews with me, Joey Mitchell. Today, we take a look at another comedian. His name is Paul Mercurio, Very funny guy. Now, Paul was born and raised in Providence, Rhode Island. And as a youngster, he worked at his mother's furniture store with his two siblings. In 82, he graduated from Providence College and in 89 from Georgetown University Law Center. Yeah, so... So how come he's doing comedy? Well, he started his career on Wall Street, that's no laughing matter, in New York City as a mergers and acquisition lawyer. And then in 92, during his 30 year of work, he attended a private stand-up comedy show by Jay Leno, who was soon replacing Johnny Carson as the host of The Tonight Show. Well, Mercurio, a comedy fan who had written some jokes for himself, handed 15 pages of his own material to Jay Leno in hope of selling some for use on his new show. Well, Leno contacted him and asked for more. Mercurio was paid 50 bucks for his first joke, which Leno used on the show. Paul says he became a self-described addict to performing stand-up comedy. After his father died in 93, he had a seven-month absence from work to support his mother in Providence. After returning to New York, he resigned the law firm to focus on comedy. And in 95, he joined a friend's firm, telling himself and his girlfriend that he'd leave comedy but after seven months, relapsed and again began performing. Mercurio dropped the R from his name to distinguish himself from an Australian actor and dancer named Paul Mercurio, who had joined the same entertainment union before him. In '96, Mercurio was hired as a member of the writing team for The Daily Show on Comedy Central. As a writer for Jon Stewart, he won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Writing in a Variety, Music, or Comedy program. And he was honored with a Peabody Award for Excellence in Broadcasting. Paul also did the audience warm-ups for the show and something I've tried and really enjoyed doing. So here he is back in the day when he was hosting comedy clubs here in Sacramento. Here's my interview with Paul Mercurio. Hey, it's Friday, and we love talking to comics. This one is an Emmy and Peabody award winning performer and writer on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. He's been on The Jay Leno Show. He's been writing for Conan O'Brien, and now he's in the studio with us. A fellow New Yorker, man, yeah. Paul McCure. How are you, buddy?
2: How are you, nice Matt? to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited it's to be here. It's so nice, nice to be on the version. West Coast, to see a fellow. East Coast. Yeah. I live like 100 blocks from you. And you really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in Washington Heights where Yeah, we spoke English. Yeah, right
1: before the
2: enemy. <laughs> hey, by run. the way, I had a white cab driver the other week <laughs> in New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And he was like 100% white. His name was Tom Reynolds. He was 58 years old. It was like an archaeological find. <laughs> I literally... I literally gave the guy an extra hundred bucks just to drive around for a couple of hours. I'm like, I'm never going to see you again. I was taking <laughs> pictures with him. Was it a real yellow cab with an emblem? Oh my God, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. It was the amazing. Man is I didn't have relic. to yell at him or anything. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I live in New York. I, uh, I I work on The Daily Show and I grew up in Rhode Island, but I ended up in New York actually as a lawyer before That's I. That's crazy. I was, yes. You were a lawyer. Yeah, I know. People look at me like, you You don't
0: seem smart <laughs> you enough. You study
1: law, then you right for JLo and yeah. decide you're going to give that off. Well,
2: I just said, well, how can I give Mother a heart attack. I know. Um, yeah, I, I I'm, had no intention of being a comedian. I started writing jokes as a hobby. I go to a private function. Jay Leno was there. I had all these jokes yeah. I had written. I did not know yeah. what I was going to do with them, and I give them to him. You actually gave. And it. I went up to him, and he goes, eh, and he really does talk like that. He talks <laughs> like he's letting air out of a balloon slowly. I might even like, eh, and uh, and and people go, well, did you have any inkling? that you were going to be a comedian when you were a lawyer. I'm like, no, I mean, I was like always the funniest lawyer in my law firm, which is kind of like being the sexiest IT guy. You know, it's not, I'd say all these like really wacky things to get laughs from the other lawyers, you know, stuff like, we can't do that, that's unethical. And they would laugh and laugh and laugh. So I'm at this function, he takes the jokes. Two days later, he calls me up. He says, "I like the stuff you gave me. Wow. I need jokes for the monologue for the Tonight Show. I'll hire you as a long distance uh, fax writer, email writer." Dude, so that never s- happened. Oh my god! I, didn't, I literally just figured he'd throw them away. Wow! A week later, he calls me, does the joke on the Tonight Show, oh. F- fifty bucks for this joke for an Italian middle class kid from Rhode Island <laughs> blows my head off my shoulders. So now he says, "Go out and try the jokes before you send them to me." So I start to go to these little dive bars around New York City, yeah, yeah. working what they call open mic nights, and. And I became obsessed with telling jokes. So I lived a secret double life. This is all true. I would sneak out of work during a brin- dinner break, get in a cab, take my tie off. Now, you know, like the Bowery of New York. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's the l- dregs of the dregs. One of the places I worked was in the Bowery. It was called Downtown Beirut 2! 2! <laughs> <Two! laughs> Two, not one. Not one. Now, they were either franchising these hellholes or Israeli fighters took out one. And and you had to have comeback lines for drunk hecklers because like a pimp worked out of there, a push worked out of there. It was like a dysfunctional cheers. Yeah. There was a sign on the men's room door that said, the men's room toilet seat is only to be used to go to the bathroom, not to cut coke. Thank you, the management. This, my favorite part is thank you, the management. Right? So, And it was literally like just doing battle with drunk, it was like the kind of, you know when people on the streets borrow money from you to go drinking? Yeah, yeah. This is where they go to drink with the money, right? (laughs) Okay, so I'm doing battle with a heckler one night, I have to go back to the firm, the deal blows up, okay? I'm four hours late for this meeting. They've been waiting for me, waiting for me. Oh, this is the lawyer meeting. This is the lawyer meeting. I'm back at the law firm. It's 11 o'clock at night. Everybody, 20 lawyers in this conference room. This one lawyer stands up in front of everybody, starts criticizing me, right? Uh And he goes, I could have drafted a better document in my sleep, Uh material." And I snapped, and I went into stand-up heckle (laughs) mode. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, I could have been your father, but the dog (laughs) beat me over the fence. (laughs) Come on, that was pretty good. High-five me on that one, buddy. And and that was corporate. That, law. Was, that was the beginning of the end, right there. <laughs> you got a shirt on, says so old croak, and there's a bird. It's like down dead. What's know, up with know, that? You <laughs> know, I like the shirt, and this shirt gets more response than it's anything. Fine, I Yeah, had. I know. I got it at. Uh, <laughs> I got it at a well, called, place called Lucky Brand, a store in New York City, and yeah, I just, I like it, and uh,
0: Must be I like
2: drinking whiskey, so uh, I'm a bit of an alcoholic when it comes to that. And yeah. You go to law school. What school did you go to? I went to I went to Georgetown Law School oh my in D.C. God. Yes. That's not <laughs> actually... cheap. I know, I know. And your parents this is the same reaction it. that everybody has, by the way. They <laughs> just laugh like, that laugh is like, you are an idiot. What have you done? So how long were your parents in, in intensive care? <laughs> <laughs> Well you know, I grew up it's a great question because I grew up in a middle class family in Rhode Island. My parents Italian were, were both sides of Hard Italian. Hardworking Italians. Yeah, my father put floors in for a living and my mom started a furniture store when it was unheard of in a tenement apartment, she started selling stuff in the 60s and 70s when an Italian mother stayed home and made meatballs. Yeah. It was a very progressive room, but a huge pain in the rear end. She's out of her mind. Um, my whole family's out of their mind. At one point, my father passed away, and I thought, well, I wasn't sure what to do. I was yeah. lost, to be yeah. honest with you. I'm yeah. doing this comedy thing, which I love, but there's no security. I got the law thing. I come from, you know, blue-collar stock, no money. I'm secure. Do I stay with security? And I think a lot of people, and you were mentioning also, sort of like the, the people sort of have this like point in their life, like is this what I really want to be doing? And I was lost, and my father passed away in the middle of this. And I'm like, oh, my mom's like, come home and run the furniture business. I'm like, okay, well this is why my dad passed away. Things happen for a reason. I'm going to go do that. No, no, you cannot go home again because your family is out of your mind. Like yeah. they're out. Of, like you know, and you get away and you get separation, you realize like it is still. 1979, John Travolta sat in the night <laughs> fever in my family. I am not kidding you. Yeah. I am, uh, my family, well, first of all, there's one stereotype that doesn't apply. You think plastic on the furniture, super neat house. Oh, yeah. Our house a pigsty <laughs> because all of our focus was this furniture business that was my mom's. Yeah. My mom was a matriarch. My father was like in the back just drinking, go, whatever you want, Tina. I'm just trying to get through this. That's, a whatever, right? That's how bad our house was. Someone broke into the house. They took the stereo. This is all true. They didn't touch another thing in the house. Uh-huh cop comes over to take a police report, stands in the middle of the living room, surveys the living room, and goes, Oh, my God. What kind of an animal would make a mess like this? And he, he thought the guy broke in and ransacked the house. I'm like, yeah, he was crazy, officer. He threw a bra on the lampshade and left salami out all day. Dude, this... To this day, I believe that the guy would have stolen more, but he was too overwhelmed by the mess. (laughs) He's like, I gotta get, I can't. What is, stereo? Gone. Good, let's go. Father passed away. Funeral. This is when I first realized my family and I kind of went different ways. My cousin Bobby... And my cousin Jimmy shows up to the funeral. Now, they're both guys that were going to make a million bucks the easy way. You know, one of these yeah, Italian guys, yeah. like, oh, standing out in the street corner. How you doing? How you doing? You know, legs always moving like he's got a live snake in his pants. You know, one of these guys. Just literally John Travolta. Like, 6'4", handsome mane. A guy could have been a male model, but never went, never went beyond high school. going to make a million bucks the easy way. Jimmy deals, like, a little drugs. He likes the pot and the cocaine. He's dealing a 25-year-old drug still, this guy. He's so out of it. Bobby, my cousin... Is a small time hood for the mob. He runs numbers. Really? Yeah, the front is a woman's shoe store. So picture you go to get shoes. Hey, what do you need, a size 7 pump? Yeah, just put it on. It fits. Don't worry about it, right? He sells stuff out of the trunk of his car. Suits, ratchets, and I'm not making this up, car alarms. It gets better. Car alarms he stole out of other people's cars. Brilliant! So
0: they're still buzzing. (laughs) Yeah, right,
2: right, exactly. Bravo. And when you say to him, Bobby, do you realize the fact you're able to steal this alarm means it's not a very good alarm? He goes, what are you talking about? It just doesn't have the box. Take it. Here, look, it's still buzzing. Don't worry about
1: it. (laughs) Free shoes.
2: I am not making this. This is how. Now, open casket funeral. My brother and I are standing at the funeral, right? You stand in the receiving line. People are coming to pay their respects at the casket. A line of blues and grays and subdued colors in the distance. This orange dot coming at me. Bobby. uh This is how he's dressed. Funeral. Fluorescent orange silk shirt, unbuttoned gold chains. White patent leather belt, white slacks. You getting the picture? Yeah. Did you point? <laughs> exactly with the hands up. The guy you, know, you look at him going, this is a creamsicle with chest hair. That's what this is. White mesh loafers. No socks because it's the summer. But you gotta put powder on your feet to keep them dry. (laughs) Well, Bobby, being the Guido there, was put too much powder. So every time he'd step toward the casket, puffs of white smoke were coming out of the tops of his shoes. You're like, what is somebody nominating a pope? What is going on? (laughs) So then, so so he comes up to me at the casket and he shakes my hand and he goes, hey, Paul, he was uh, un- Uncle Arthur, He was a good man. Here's a little something for the funeral, and he palms me fifty dollars like I'm a D at a restaurant. God, <laughs> awesome! And Cousin Paul Jimmy, Mercurio. the coke addict, sniffing at his heels all night. It was he's a mess. He's gonna be at the
1: punchline. As a matter of fact, he's there now tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Yes.
2: What times your show? Uh, we have shows at eight, eight and, eight and ten tonight. Two shows tonight. Eight and ten tomorrow, and eight, seven. Seven, 7 o'clock on Sunday. Sorry, Lauren, the GM. Thank You're you. got awesome. so five shows.
1: Make... <laughs> Who can find light at his dance funeral? It's oh my dance God! Dance. We're <laughs>
2: laughing at the. And my father would have been laughing. It was so. And just Bobby turns and he's like, he's hey, hey, like, 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 got the whole Elvis thing going on. And just remember that, you know, like, just shaking it and whatever. My mother's hearing aids whistling. <laughs> Literally, it's like talking to a tea kettle in a house dress. You cannot That's, even have a conversation with her anymore. Paul, come back anytime. Hey, we thank you so you, much man. for having me. It was very nice meet you. Fellow New Yorker, me. Paul Mercurio.
0: That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash joeymitchellpodcast. Patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.